Well, week three around the SEC is finally among us, and week three brings Tennessee's first real test of the year in the Georgia Bulldogs. Is it time to put up or shut up? And is Tennessee too similar to the Bulldogs to beat them? I'll explain. Third and long starts right now. You are locked in, and it's third and long. Each week, Logan Ward hits you with the hardest opinions in college football, the SEC, and on Rocky Top. Logan is just like you. He's a fan. I mean, does anyone want to disagree with me that college football is not the best sport in the entire world? He's right. Now, I know people think this is crazy, but I'm always right. And I can tell you, I'm definitely right about this. He's humble. I know what I'm talking about. And that's just a fact. And he's in your face. Here, why don't you just sit back and I'll tell you exactly what you should think. Third and Long can be heard each week on iTunes and SoundCloud. Now, for Third and Long, here's Logan Ward. All right, Third and Long begins right now. As I mentioned, week three in the SEC. Follow me on Twitter at LoganWar98. Please remember to like, review, and subscribe to the podcast and interact with me there as well in the comments and rate it on Apple Podcast and SoundCloud at LoganWar98 once again. I mentioned it in the open. Is it time to now put up or shut up for Tennessee? Is Tennessee too similar to the Bulldogs to beat them this Saturday inside Sanford Stadium? I'll explain a little bit more of that and what I mean by that here in a minute. We'll talk about that, and then I'm going to revisit. I'm going to reflect and maybe change my season record prediction through tennis for Tennessee through the first two weeks, getting a look at Auburn, getting a look at A&M. Maybe those matchups are more favorable for Tennessee now. I'll discuss a little bit of that as well later, and then... I'm going to give you three picks as well against the spread. The first time I did this two weeks ago, I didn't do so hot, but hey, we just won't remember that. So yeah, I'm back. Third and long last week, didn't have an episode. Um, life kind of got in the way. and uh, We had um, some things going on in, in, um, in my family, and I just, I just didn't have the mental capacity or the just motivation to do this. But nonetheless, I definitely did miss podcasting. So we're back this week. As I said, Tennessee versus Georgia, Saturday afternoon in Athens, 3.30 CBS. I think all of us will wake up on, on Saturday morning. I know I will, singing and dancing to the SEC on CBS. Theme song, we all know it. It's it's It should be just played for every single game, even if it's not a 3.30 CBS game, but anyway. So Tennessee, Georgia, and I'll, I'll start by saying this, and I'll explain what I mean. I think Tennessee is too similar to Georgia to beat them. And what do I mean by saying that? I, I think it goes to the head coaches. Look at where both of those head coaches were hired from and who the head coach of that team that they were hired from. That's Alabama and that's Nick Saban. Nick Saban is a coach that is very defensive heavy. So was Jeremy Pruitt. So was Kirby Smart. Nick Saban also doesn't like to take a whole lot of chances. Well, I guess, well, at least he didn't, you know, probably four or five years ago on offense. Now they are. Kirby Smart. 
very run-heavy on offense. Jeremy Pruitt, Jim Chaney, very run-heavy on offense as well, and rightfully so with that offensive line and those two running backs that the Vols have. The thing is, are they too similar, though? And what do I mean by saying that? I just feel both of these teams are too much alike as far as scheme-wise and what they want to do. Now, Georgia, no one, you know, you know, I'm not going to sit here and knack like Tennessee is just as talented as Georgia because that would just be disingenuous if I said that. No, Georgia's one of the most talented teams in the SEC, definitely probably in the SEC East and around the country as well. Tennessee's not there yet. They're just simply not there yet. Now, maybe next year they will be. Maybe two years from down the line, or maybe it's going to take a little bit more time for Jeremy Pruitt. He's starting to get some good recruits in. They're not quite yet recruiting on the level that, that Kirby Smart in Georgia is, but at the end of the day, outside of Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, that's about it. As far as personnel-wise, you definitely give the upper hand to Georgia, and that's obviously why I think they will win this matchup. The one key that I think this game is going to come down to is who abandons the run first. Go look at Georgia's last opponent in Auburn. Auburn ran the ball for 39 yards on 22 attempts. You can go look at box scores from Gus Malzahn, you know, his whole era at Auburn and, and you know, even going back to uh, to whenever uh, he was the offensive coordinator there uh, for Cam Newton and um, Gene Chizik almost just blanked on his name for a second. Going back to his days with Cam Newton and, and Gene Chizik, they ran the ball a lot. 22 attempts and 39 yards, The just attempts-wise, that's pretty much a half of football. I thought that they abandoned the run way too early against the Bulldogs, and yes, Georgia, they're incredible up front. Against Arkansas, you know, Arkansas ran for 77 yards on 28 carries. Georgia has one of the best defenses in the country, if not the best defense. As far as defenses that I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I turned 22 here in about a couple uh, weeks, Georgia's right up there. They're right up there as far as Nick Saban talent level, scheme level defenses that I've seen throughout my entire life. Maybe they're not as good as some of their defenses. Probably, you know, 2012 comes to mind. They were also very good in uh, 2016. Great defense nonetheless. That's what it's going to come down to. Who abandons the run first? Because Tennessee rushing the ball, excuse me, defending the rush is pretty darn good. You know, Missouri ran for 37 attempts on 126 yards. South Carolina only got 89 yards on the ground with 35 attempts. Both defenses are pretty good stopping the run. And going back to what Auburn did, they just abandoned it way too early. If Tennessee abandons the run in the first half, pretty much like Auburn did and said, okay, we're going to try to Johnny Manziel you just because, hey, we're not as talented as you. We're not as talented, so we're going to try to let our quarterback win us this game, and that's exactly what Texas A&M did in 2012 against a unbelievable Alabama defense. The problem is Johnny Manziel is not, well, excuse me, Bo Nix is not like Johnny Manziel, and neither is Jarrett Garantano. This game is going to come down to, okay, you should be able to run the ball a little bit. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, okay, Georgia's defense is that good that you're not going to get anything on them. I think Tennessee needs about any, anywhere from 100 
to 125 yards to even 150 yards. I'll say probably 125 yards to 150 yards on the ground to say, okay, I think they have a chance. But that's a tall, tall task. It really is considering what Georgia has done through this year as far as shutting down Arkansas on the run. They they weren't effective at all. I already mentioned Auburn. They, they abandoned the run. Tennessee can't do that because it's going to come down to can Jarrett Garantano, can he beat the Bulldogs? And oh, by the way, Georgia also has an incredible, incredible secondary as well. Georgia, one of the most talented defenses in the country. I don't, you know, I don't think Georgia fans quite realize how good they are on defense. Go look at the recruiting rankings. Go look at the numbers. Go look at the 247 composite to see what they have on defense. They have a defense full of juniors coming back from last year, and when they were sophomores, they were very good as well. They'll be good next year, and they'll be good years down the line. That's just the type of coach Kirby Smart is to say, okay, we're going to just put our best defensive players out there, we're going to recruit at a high level, and we're just going to shut you down. And that's been the mentality at Georgia. So let me ask you the let me ask you this question. Is Tennessee, is Jared Garantano, are they good enough to beat Georgia through the air? This year, I'm going to say no. From what we've seen so far, no. Now, we have seen some flashes from Jared Garantano at times, and I'm going to get in, you know, into him a little bit, you know, here in a second. Just he is what he is. I would feel a whole lot better. If you would take this year's Jarrett Garantano and then match him up with last year's Tennessee receivers with Jawan Jennings and Marquez Calloway, Tennessee fans would tell you that. They would, I think we all can sit here and we can agree to that. And Kirby Smart would say, if you got Kirby Smart candid, he would say, yeah, Tennessee has a whole lot better chance to beat my team if you take this year's Jarrett Garantano, who's a little bit more accurate, don't get me wrong, and last year's receiver. And Jennings and Callaway. I think that's obvious. But they don't have that. And one thing that Jared Garantano has to do on Saturday, if the run is not there for Tennessee, if they're not around 125 yards, all the way up to 150 yards, he's going to need to hit open guys. And he's not only going to need to hit open guys, he's going to have to hit them in stride. And let me ask you, who's the last Tennessee quarterback... Even going back to Peyton Manning, that has hit guys in stride. Eric Ainge, Tyler Bray was pretty good at it as well. Even Josh Dobbs um, kind of struggled at hitting guys in stride. You get what I'm saying. That is the most important part of this game. If the run goes down early and you have to abandon it because you're playing from behind, Jared Garantino has to win you this game. But is he capable of doing that? Because, you know, I you know, I even had to text a couple people and say, hey, help me think real quick. What games has Jarrett Garantano won just for Tennessee? Nothing else is going right. Jarrett Garantano has had to go out there and win them a game. I had some people send back Kentucky last year. Uh, he came off the bench second half. Yes, definitely. He definitely, you know, won Tennessee that game. So, you know, I, w- I would give you that. Uh, Mississippi State, no, not really. I mean, he made a, 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 a crucial third down pass to um, to end up getting a touchdown. 
and then Missouri last year as well. You know, I I think that's about it. I I can't think of anything else. You know, last year for Jared Garantano was very very weird, and we were expecting to see Jared Garantano take what well, we are expecting. I still am expecting to see Jared Garantano take a big step in 2020. His first time he's ever had an offensive coordinator for more than a season in Jim Chaney. The problem is, he's looked good. He's looked good enough. But he looked good enough against a South Carolina team who is struggling, who I think everyone is going to score some points against. And he was much better against Missouri last year. And I think Tennessee fans just need to accept it. This is what Jarrett Garantano is. When he looks good, he's going to look really good. When he looks bad, it's going to look bad. And I think that's what people just need to understand. He just is what he is. And that's why I say if I'm Tennessee, if I'm Jim Chaney and I'm not, and if I'm Jeremy Pruitt and I'm not, when I'm putting this game together, when I'm scripting these plays for that first drive, I'm running the ball seven of... If it's 10 plays, I'm running the ball 7 or maybe 8 of them. You have to establish that running game early. Bring those Georgia second, um, secondary in. Bring their safeties in. Put, you know, make them play single high safety and play press coverage on the outside. And let's see if you have recruited it good enough, like guys like Jalen Hyatt, Ramel Keaton. Can they get open down the field? Can Josh Palmer and Brandon Johnson get open down the field? And can Jarrett Garantano hit those guys in stride? Because that's where the game's going to be won or lost. When I say it's time to put up or shut up, I mean it for both Tennessee to say, okay, have you made progress? Same thing goes being said about, about Jarrett Garantano. Has he progressed enough to hit guys in stride to beat a number three ranked Georgia team on the road? To where Georgia is not going to follow their own guidelines of having twenty to uh, to twenty five percent of fans in their stadium. There's going to be a lot of fans in Sanford Stadium on Saturday. We all know that. We all watch them play Auburn. Is he good enough? Has he progressed enough? Because I think he's going to get good pass protection. Now, at all, you know, at, at times versus Missouri, I didn't think it was the cleanest pocket, but it was good enough. You'll take that against Georgia. You'll take good enough against the best defense in the country. And one of the best defenses, I, granted, I'm, I I just turned 22 here I'm in a couple weeks, so I haven't seen a ton of football like most people have. But a lot of people said, hey, this is one of the best defenses they've ever seen. The question going into this game and the question coming out of this game, what can Jarrett Garantano do? Coming out of the game, it's going to be, did he do enough? Or did Georgia just shut you down on the run and shut you down through the air? Something has to give. Something has to give. Because against Auburn, Georgia shut down everything. Bo Nix looked absolutely atrocious. I don't know what they're doing down there at Auburn. Now, they brought in Chad Morris, the former head coach at Arkansas. He's just kind of the fall guy. I don't really think Gus Malzahn has given him a whole lot of play-calling duties, or, or maybe it, uh, he is. Maybe um, I have it backwards, but he's just the fall guy. Let, let's be honest. It, uh, it's all going to be on Gus Malzahn. This game against Tennessee is crucial. Excuse me. This game against Georgia is crucial for Tennessee. And let me go into what I mean by it's time to put up or shut up. 
we are seeing signs off the field in recruiting, in development, and just the overall structure of that football program at Tennessee is, hey, they're on the rise. They're making some moves and getting better. And, you know, they're ranked right now 14th in the AP poll. They're up there. Tennessee hadn't been up there since 2016, and that didn't last long. We all saw what happened at the end of that season, and whenever they were just, they just blew it all up to where they had just a terrible end of the season. That's the last time they've been ranked inside the top 15, as, as far as I can remember. They're 14th now. Right now is the crucial time. Are you making the crucial strides on the field? to compete with Florida, with Georgia, with Alabama. Going back to what I was talking about and really my preview and what a lot of people have been talking about going back to the Indiana game, well, after the Indiana game at the Gator Bowl uh, last season, whenever everything was just so much different in the world, there, there was no COVID-19. You can't have a cold this um, these days without really getting locked up in jail pretty much for you know half your lifetime, and it, it, was, it was very different. But anyway, I digress. The question was, can Tennessee take the next step on the field? Times like that, we were seeing recruiting. Now, during the summer, Tennessee exploded in the country on recruiting. I think they, you know, they're definitely still ranked inside the top five on rivals and 247 sports. But at the end of the day, that stuff doesn't matter. It matters what you do on the field. Tennessee can have all these stars... Butch Jones had all the stars. The problem is he couldn't develop. I think this Tennessee coaching staff is a better developer. I think that is the case. Look at the guys that they've developed on the defensive line at quarterback in Harry Toa Toa and definitely the secondary. Alonso Taylor has gotten a lot better. Jalen McCole is a guy I really like. Bryce Thompson's been kind of up and down, but he's had more ups Later last year, and he's been up this year, he's going to play a whole bunch against Georgia. Didn't play a ton against Missouri. He's going to play a bunch against Georgia. It's time to put up or shut up. Have you made the crucial steps on the field to compete? And whenever I say, have you taken the crucial steps, that doesn't mean win. That doesn't mean win. This isn't boxing. And, you know, in boxing, in that whole sport, if you lose, you're done. That's not what it is. And maybe in some cases in college football, that's the case for this year. Just looking at this year, Clemson, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, to an extent Auburn as well, to where if you lose and whenever the Big tw- uh, a, a 10 comes back into play, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, if you lose, you're done. Ask, o- um, ask Oklahoma, ask Texas. They're done now. This isn't the case for Tennessee, just because they're not where they need to be as far as a roster and on the field. Tennessee doesn't need to win on Saturday to show that they have taken improving steps. They just need to be competitive. I think that's what people are asking for. Whenever I pick them to go 5-5, five and five, and we will revisit that here, uh, here in a couple minutes, when I picked them to go 5-5, five and five, all I said in those five losses, the five teams you're probably supposed to lose to, the big three, and then Auburn and Texas A&M, because they have more talent than you do. Let's be honest. Well, they have more proven talent than you do. All you need to be is competitive against those teams. If you got blown out five of those games, and you're sitting there at five and five, and your best win 
is against a Kentucky team who can't stop anybody. Terry Wilson's not a good quarterback. If that's your best win, you've made no progress whatsoever. If you got blown out. If Tennessee just competes on Saturday, Tennessee fans should say, yes, we are actually getting somewhere. We're seeing progress. And this time, because Tennessee fan has seen progress before. 2016, whenever you beat Florida, then you beat Georgia the next week, and then a couple weeks after that, or maybe it was the next week, I think it was, you lose a tight game on the road at Texas A&M where you turn the ball over about five times. I think they just fumbled again. You saw some progress. You went into the weeks down the line following those three games saying, okay, we have progress. But then something about it just didn't feel sustainable because Butch Jones was still making the stupid mistakes. I don't, I don't think that that'll be the case for Jeremy Pruitt and his team. If they compete on Saturday and they're able to beat Kentucky the next week and then you compete with Alabama as well, Tennessee fans should feel great. If Tennessee goes 5-5 five and five this year and they're still just competing, take it what Texas A&M is, and they're not very good on defense either. Take the mess going down there at Auburn. If you're just competing against those teams because they're ranked inside the top 15, top 20 every single year, you're absolutely getting somewhere. And it's not just a mirage. It's the real thing. And Jeremy Pruitt is making real strides to get Tennessee fans and get that program back to where they need to be. All I'm asking is, and all Tennessee fans would ask, is just compete. You... If you compete Saturday, their odds are you're going to compete against Alabama, you're you're going to compete against Florida, and you're you could definitely beat, and might even beat, a Auburn team and a Texas A&M team who has major major flaws. So just compete. Tennessee fans would be more than happy with that. I think the line right now it sits at twelve. It started at fourteen. It's went down whole two points. If my math stands me correct. They don't even have to cover. Just don't even cover. Just lose by 14 to 17 points, but people will be able to tell. If they're able to dent that Georgia defense, I like their odds to beat one of Texas A&M and Auburn. But at this point, I and like most people, and definitely around the country, you're going to have to see it. In college football, you have to see something to believe it. Tennessee fans will just take a push as far as a win or a loss. You just want to be competitive. Score doesn't matter. Just be competitive. Just be competitive. Now, you're listening to Third and Long. Follow me on Twitter at LoganWard98. Please like, review, and subscribe and interact with me on Twitter at LoganWard98 as well. I mentioned it, and it, you're podcasts ago, weeks ago, months ago, and even going back to, like I said, after the Indiana game, someone said, Logan, what do they go? What does Tennessee go? And I said 8-4, and four, and then obviously COVID-19 hits, the world's falling apart, blah, 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 there, there are no sports playing, every, every, everyone knows the stories. Then the SEC comes out and says, okay, no out-of-conference games, we're playing a 10-game schedule, we'll release your schedule at a later date, and 
it comes up on the TV screen that I'm watching. I'm, I'm very excited about it. And I see Tennessee's 10-game schedule, and I see, okay, you probably have five wins, which are the obvious, and in South Carolina, Missouri, Kentucky, Arkansas, and Vandy. And then those five losses that I have, because I have them going five and five, at least I did, and, I, and I'll get into that. Those five losses being to the obvious Florida, Georgia, Alabama, just because of where those teams are, and then Auburn and A&M expecting, expecting Texas A&M to make a jump to finally make a jump in year three under Jimbo Fisher. That was about two months ago. When I'm sitting here, and and I'm recording this on October the 7th, you're probably listening October 8th or 9th, leading up to the Tennessee game October the 10th. I still sit here today, and and I'm asking myself, and, and, and I'm just asking myself in general, do I still have Tennessee going 5-5? Five and five? Given what we know about Florida, Georgia, and Alabama, and I expect those teams, like I did two months ago, to compete for a college ball playoff. I said it. I don't think you're beating Georgia. I think these two teams are too similar. You're not beating Alabama, especially the way Mac Jones is playing right now. And definitely that defense is playing right now, and I just think Nick Saban's going for the jugular on everybody, and I've talked about that. And then Florida... They just look like a well-oiled machine through two weeks on offense. The defense, yeah, it's, it's, it's been kind of up and down, but just real quick, Florida defense has been a little, you know, not too Florida standard, not up to par with what Florida fans and what that, and what, um, that university expects out of their defense. But just real quick, and, I, and I'm not going to go deep into this, I don't think that there's much difference in what we're saying right now about the Florida defense to – they don't look great. They have a lot of talent, but they're just not putting it all together. I think it's very similar to the conversations I was having with people, conversations that I was saying on a radio show, on a podcast, or wherever, on Twitter. I don't think it's much different than what we were saying about LSU at this time last year. LSU eventually turned into being one of the best defenses, if not the best defense in all of the country. Will Florida get there? I don't know, but it's early. Florida's defense, they will improve. Come December 5th, whenever, I think I think it's December 5th. Yeah, it's December 5th, whenever Tennessee and Florida play. For all we know, Florida could be really good on defense, and that's just going to be remaining. I just, I just had to say that. And then given what we know, I, I will land the point on here and me, me getting to my my question is, do I still believe Tennessee's going 5-5? Five, five? I, I will land that point here in a minute. Then going to seeing what Auburn did last week against Georgia and then what they did week one against Kentucky. Didn't look great. Kentucky, I, I believe, is okay, but then they lose to Ole Miss. They they miss a point after, and Ole Miss hits a walk-off uh, PAT attempt in overtime. And then Texas A&M looked horrendous against Vanderbilt, 7-5 to five at halftime. I, I didn't have that um, happening. And then getting absolutely mollywopped by Alabama, in Tuscaloosa last weekend, given what we know, and I think the the two games in question are still the A&M and Auburn game. And this goes back to just showing progress against Georgia for Tennessee. Like I said, if I think they just show progress against the Bulldogs, they can beat Auburn, they can beat Texas A&M, even if that is a month down the line. Right now, Georgia sits the number third ranked team in the country. They, 
This is what Tennessee has left on their schedule as far as rankings-wise out of these five losses that I had, that I had, and you get me. Georgia third this week. Then you get Alabama ranked second. Texas A&M falls down to 21 where Tennessee was. Auburn is one spot ahead of Tennessee at 13, and Florida is at the fourth-ranked team in the country. It's very early. It's very early. These rankings obviously won't look the same whenever we get to seeing Texas A&M coming to Neyland Stadium and then the Vols going to Auburn the week uh, after. Though, Though totally different. The two questions, obviously, are A&M and Auburn. And right now, I just said, I have a question. Do I still pick them to go 5-5? Five and five? Can I make an argument for Tennessee to win both of those games? Yes, very easily I could. Can I make the argument for them to still lose those two games? I definitely could easily, and so could everyone else. They just have the better talent... And I still think that there's too many unknowns about what Tennessee has at quarterback. Because in all of those games, right, wrong, or indifferent, Tennessee's going to be the underdog. In the games where teams are underdogs and you're looking to pull an upset, the quarterback matters a whole hell of a lot more than anything else. You could have a decent defense. You could just have a defense that just draws a stalemate. But you need the quarterback to go out there and win you games. And that's the question that I still have about Jarrett Garantano. Nothing against him personally, because I'm sure he's a fine young man. And from from everything, listen to me, he's a fine young man. We're like the same exact age. I think he's actually a little bit older than I am. I'm sure he's a great guy. There's no doubt about it. But from what I've seen on the field, and I think most people will definitely agree with me, and I know Tennessee fans will agree with me, just go look at the South Carolina aftermath on Twitter. Even though Tennessee won that game, I still have major questions. Can Jarrett Garantano take this team to the next level? So I think they have everything else on offense out, you know, outside of tight end. I think their receivers are good enough. Yes, they're inexperienced and really unproven. Outside of, you know, uh, Brandon Johnson, that's about it. And Josh Palmer, but the offensive line, the the TVA, the the Tennessee Valley Authority that they're kind of calling themselves now, um, they're obviously really good. They looked great against Missouri. They ran for a lot of yards against Missouri. Let me go get that note. On 51 attempts, 232 yards, you're averaging almost five yards a carry there. That's pretty darn good for a a Tennessee team that at times last year didn't look good running the football. Now, they got better as the year went on, but over the last, you know, four or five years, Tennessee hasn't been good on offense as far as running the football. It's a lot different now. It's a whole lot different now. No, back to what I'm saying is, Jerry Garantino, he needs to take the next step. He has to take the next step if... If they want to go 7-3 and three this year, because I think 7-3 and three is definitely on the table, I'm not going to pick that. I'm still leaving it 5-5. Five and five. If you held a gun to my head and you said, Logan, what does Tennessee go from here on out? What do they do? I would say, well, you know, you probably win the obvious ones. You, you beat Kentucky. You beat Arkansas. And then you beat Vanderbilt. Those are five wins. Well, those are three wins, but count the two, they already have that out. That adds up to five. 
And then I'm saying, you know, they're still going to lose the five that I had them losing two months ago. Just because I haven't seen it yet. Back to what I said, I need to see it. College football fans, we need to see it to believe it. And that is especially true in this case for Tennessee. And like I said, in a couple months, I could look like the biggest idiot because I'm sitting here still believing that they're going to go 5-5 five and five and that they're going to lose to Auburn and Texas A&M. Both of those teams who are very flawed and their head coaches struggle to get things going at times to what the degree that they are hyped up to be, especially Jimbo Fisher and in his case, they're still good head coaches. And not that Jeremy Pruitt isn't. Jeremy Pruitt is still an unproven head coach. Some people might might um, disagree with that, but to their you know to my point, I then asked those people, okay, what's the one major win that they had? And you would probably say Auburn, and you're you're probably right. It was Auburn on the road in Jordan Hare on the plains. And, against an Auburn team to what we believed at the time to be a pretty good team. Now, Auburn, obviously, I believe they went 8-4, and 7-5 and five that year, didn't have a fantastic end to the season. But Tennessee still went 5-7 uh, and seven that year. And then you followed up your first two games in 2019. You still lose your first two games against a Georgia State team, a Georgia State team who won two games the year before, and then obviously you snatch defeat from the jaws of victory against BYU like we've seen Tennessee do many times before. Like we've seen them do many times before. You struggled to get to seven wins. You struggled to get bowl eligible last year. And by the way, don't believe that I'm hating on Jeremy Pruitt. I'm not. I just need to see it. I think, I think he's a pretty good head coach. And I think he can get Tennessee to being a respectable team. Can he get them to beyond that? It remains to be seen, and I keep coming back to it. I have to believe it to see it. And it starts this week against Georgia. You go out there and you be competitive, or downright you get it to the fourth quarter, and there's some crazy play like there was a few years ago in um, in the Tennessee-Georgia uh, game in Sanford Stadium. Who knows what happens? Who knows what happens? You just be competitive. Because in the games leading up to this, the rivalry games, the games that matter, the the games that Jeremy Pruitt and all other Tennessee coaches are hired to win, the Floridas, the Georgias, the Alabamas of the world, those three games, those are the only games you're judged on if you're a head coach at Tennessee. And that's really the case for at any school. You're judged on the rival wins. And Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee hasn't been all that competitive against their rivals. I think it's 255 to 84 what they've been outscored. No chance against Florida your first two years. No chance against Georgia. You played good in the second half, um, excuse me, in the in the first half last year. There is a second half of football. I, you know, I go look every week and it, that's still the rules. And then obviously last year, the Alabama game was kind of competitive, but there was some other weird stuff that happened to that game, so I just kind of throw that game out. It's time to put up or shut up. If you're Tennessee, if you're Jeremy Pruitt, you're telling us Tennessee is getting better. We think Tennessee is getting better. It's time to see it on the field. So to go back to my original point, 
can I make the argument for Tennessee winning against Auburn and Alab and um and Texas A&M? Yes, I can make that argument. But right now I'm not because I have to see it to believe it. And maybe I can revisit this next week on Third and Long that you can find every week on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud and at LoganMord98 as well. Maybe I'll revisit this and maybe I'll say, yeah, you can beat Auburn. You can beat Texas A&M. You might be able to beat both of those teams. You might just split or you could just, you're, you're definitely going to lose to both of those teams depending on what happens this week. But I think Tennessee's just going to be competitive. And I think we're still going to be having this conversation as Auburn and AM being the difference between a 5-6 to six win team to being a 7-win uh, Tennessee team. Those are the questions. Right now, I'm sticking to my guns, and I'm still sticking to 5-5 five and five, just because that's, that's what I predicted. And I don't like to really back off my predictions. I just have to believe it to see it. And I think that's realistic. I'm not hating on Tennessee yet. Duh. Actually, at all. I'm not hitting on Tennessee at all. But I have to see it to believe it. That is the main point in this podcast today. Believe it to see it. You listen to Third and Long at Logan Ward 98. Please like, review, and subscribe every week on Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Now, let me get into some predictions. We're going to keep it around 45 minutes this week. Um... I'll give you my three against the spread picks, and I'll tell you what you should do against Georgia and Tennessee, which really turns out to be nothing at all. Let me just start out by my three picks against the spread. And these are all games that are actually very, very good games. And, you know, two of them are um, are in the SEC, and the other one is the headliner in the ACC. Get to that in a minute. Let's start off in the SEC. The number three ranked, excuse me, number four ranked now, Florida Gators travel to College Station to play Jimbo Fish and a very average Kellen Mond at quarterback in the Texas A&M Aggies. Um, A&M's not good against the pass, and that's something Florida does pretty well as far as on offense. Kyle Trask, to this point, 10 touchdowns, one interception, I believe, and Kyle Pitts has caught six touchdowns through only eight quarters of play. It's pretty pretty good Florida offense now, and they have other receivers as well. The line is Florida by seven. That's what it opened up as, and the last I checked, it is still Florida at seven, and I'm going to say you take Florida at seven. Because like I said, that Texas A&M defense, that secondary, is absolutely atrocious. I think Dan Mullen has is going to have his team absolutely peaked and ready to go in College Station at a noon kick, or well, noon kick Eastern time, at Texas A&M. And I think Florida wins that game handily. I think it is handily. Now, it's not going to be to the extent that, that, that Alabama beat them, just because Florida's not there yet, especially on defense. But I think it's going to be handily. I think Florida wins this game by two touchdowns. I say you take Florida minus seven, while you still can. If and heck, if even if it drops, you definitely take it. I think the line should be bigger. I think uh, it should be around ten. Take Florida minus seven. Just just trust me. Next game, Arkansas plus fourteen over Auburn. Well, I guess Auburn is favored by fourteen over Arkansas. You're going to take Arkansas here. And what Sam Pittman has done through two weeks, and let's not forget, he's a first-time head coach. Hey. First time ever head coach, and he's a first time 
SEC head coach, that's incredibly hard, especially what is going on in the world in COVID-19. They didn't get a spring. I think they, no, actually, I think that they were one of those teams that got about two weeks in spring but couldn't have a spring game and really put in your whole entire offense. All he did was look pretty good against Georgia, still lost that game, but looked pretty good against Georgia, and then you go on the road and you beat the Pirate and Mike Leach coming off one of their biggest wins in school history, beating the defending national champions LSU on the road in Death Valley. Arkansas snaps a 20-game SEC losing streak. Last SEC win was Ole Miss in 2017, I believe, on the road. Auburn will win this game outright, but Arkansas is going to cover 14 because what Auburn did last week should scare nobody. What Bo Nix has done this year should scare nobody. They're good on defense. Auburn is decent on defense. I'll say that. They're decent on defense. On offense, they're an absolute wreck. And really, if Auburn's not playing Alabama, they're a wreck on offense. Last time I checked, Arkansas is Arkansas. You take Arkansas plus 14 here, and you feel absolutely fantastic about it. And even I think this is my, uh, no, uh, the next game is my lock of the week. But you take Arkansas 14, and you feel really, really good about that. Next game, headliner in the ACC, Miami underdog by two touchdowns going, well, at least it was two touchdowns, right? Oh, whatever, I checked this last night. Two touchdowns versus Clemson. Two touchdown underdog versus Clemson on the road in Death Valley. And I think, to an extent, Miami is in the same boat as Tennessee. It's put it for shut-up time. Show you belong. Show us you belong because we're hearing all these great things about Miami. Oh, Derek King, quarterback, he's looked really good. Don't let me get you, you know, don't get me wrong. The defense has looked very good as well. Beat a good UAB team. Beat a good Louisville team crushed a good Louisville team a couple weeks ago, and their other win just escapes me, but it's probably nobody huge. Take Miami plus 14 here. This is the lock of the week. I think Miami could upset Clemson flat out honest with you. Because Clemson, they've been kind of up and down. They have. Now, they're still ultra talented, and they still probably have the best quarterback prospect that I've ever seen come out of college in Trevor Lawrence at quarterback, and a good um, running back in, in, in Travis Etienne, but that defense, Brent Venables is kind of searching for answers now. They're you know they're decent, but they're not. They're like Florida. They're not the the. They're not up to par to what that standard is yet. This game is a is is in a very good spot for Miami, because you have everything clicking on offense, and Clemson is kind of searching for some answers on defense. To some extent, this is my lock of the week. You take Miami plus 14, and you just you just throw some money at it. And it's going to hit, and don't even think twice about it. You don't even have to sweat it. Don't even sweat this game. Take Miami plus 14. Now, last couple minutes here, I'll break down. I'll give you my, well, I'll break down my prediction of the Georgia score prediction and what you should do with the betting line. Tennessee and Georgia on the road, 3.30 CBS. Cue the music in your head. You're all singing it. You're all humming it. Georgia versus Tennessee in Sanford Stadium in Athens, 3.30 CBS, Saturday afternoon. The line now started at 14 whenever this line opened, which I thought, okay, that, that's, you know, 
that's about right. You know, it's it's about right. Now it's down to 12, or at least it was a few hours ago, and the over-under sits at 43. If I'm you, I don't, I don't touch this line, which might sound silly considering I have Georgia winning this game 27-14, to 14, which that is 13 points. Like I said, I... I, th- I think two touchdowns is about right. I think Georgia can stop the run enough. And the reason why I have Tennessee only scoring 14 points is I have to see it to believe it with Jarrett Garantano in Tennessee. I think Tennessee's good on defense. Can they stop the Georgia run, though? That is the ultimate question. That That is the ultimate question for this Tennessee team. And can they make deep plays down the field? But I would not touch this line with a 10-foot pole. It can go one way or it could go the other. And usually I have a pretty good idea of what's going to happen with the Tennessee game. Except last week I didn't hit on the Missouri game and I was kind of upset about that. I don't touch this line. I have it 27-14 to 14 Georgia over under 43. I wouldn't even touch that if I was. What is that? What What is 27 plus 14? You're... You're probably screaming it in um, in your car. That's 41. That's two points down from the total, but I, that's too close for me to really believe that. Um, I think Georgia could come out and could score some points, and you know they could blow out Tennessee. I don't, I don't see it happening. I think Georgia gets kind of a garbage time touchdown late to to put this line up to 13 points. I still wouldn't touch this just because, you know, there's too many unknowns right now with Jarek Garantano and that Tennessee team. And how is Georgia going to react after a very emotional and huge blowout victory over Auburn? How they will react will be will be very up in the air as well. I wouldn't touch this game at all. I just wouldn't. But I have Georgia winning 27-14, to 14, and that's progress for Tennessee. Let's get back to that. that. That is progress. You're not getting beat by four touchdowns like you were a season ago, a season ago to where it was a really good game at halftime. Tennessee was moving the ball at will against a good Georgia defense. And for most part, Tennessee was keeping Georgia's offense kind of grounded. But that being said is Georgia still covered that, covered that four touchdown spread in the second half. And that's where this game could go. If Georgia really puts their foot down and they take Tennessee seriously it could be a blowout, but I think Tennessee is good enough to hold on with Georgia and to show some progress, and we will break that all down next week, and I will continue to ask the question, is 5-5 five and five the correct record for Tennessee? I'll probably touch on this every week because, heck, you all watch Tennessee football. You all watch college football. You all watch the SEC. The season changes on a play and on a week-to-week basis, and we will be back next week to break it all down. I'm Logan Ward at LoganWard98. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here with me today. We'll be back next week. Please remember to like, review, and subscribe to Third and Long every week on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. For I am Logan Ward at LoganWard98 on Twitter. We'll catch you next week. It's been Third and Long.